This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review with another One on None podcast. In this episode, I'll discuss some Houston Cougars men's basketball news, some NCAA men's and women's hoops news, and also mention the WNBA honors for the month of May and some American Athletic Conference on ESPN Plus info. Tuesday night, June 1st, the NBA announced that 353 players, 353 players, 296 from college and other educational institutions, plus 57 international players, filed as early entry candidates for the 2021 NBA draft. Five Houston Cougars players are among the 353. Justin Gorham, Quentin Grimes, Dejan Giroux, Marcus Sasser, and Fabian White Jr. Gorham, Grimes, and Giroux were not surprises. They graduated. Quinn, well, Gorham and Giroux graduated, and Quinn was expected to, to uh, declare for the draft. Uh, no surprise at all. Marcus and Fabian surprised me because, honestly, I didn't even consider the possibility of them declaring for the draft. Gorham and Giroux have graduated at the stated. However, since the NCAA granted one additional year of eligibility to all student-athletes, student assets, seniors who declined to use the additional year had to notify the NBA whether or not they would be a candidate for the 2021 NBA draft. One more time, 353 players filed as early entry candidates for the 2021 NBA draft. The NBA draft has 60 picks. There are approximately 450 players in the NBA. Do the math. Marcus and Fabian will not get drafted in the draft. However, I expect, hope, pray, that Marcus and Fabian are simply doing their due diligence in obtaining information from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee to see how the league evaluates their pro slash NBA potential. Feedback will be based on the professional judgment of the Undergraduate Advisory Committee and highlight whether the student athlete is likely to be in these categories, one of these categories. First, drafted in the NBA lottery, 1 through 14. Next, Drafted in the first round, but outside the lottery, 15 through 30. Third, drafted in the first half of the second round, 31 through 45. Next, drafted in the second half of the second round, 46 to 60. And last, not drafted. Players who have applied for early entry have the right to withdraw their names from consideration for the draft by notifying the NBA of their decision in writing no later than 4 p.m. on Monday, July 19th. Under NCAA rules, in order to retain college basketball eligibility, college players who have entered the NBA draft must withdraw by Wednesday, July 7th. Any college underclassman who seeks information from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee must apply in writing for an evaluation after the conclusion of his team's college season, including all tournament games, but not later than 10 days prior to the NBA's early entry deadline, i.e. the NBA's 
deadline, which is prior 60 days prior to the NBA draft. The NBA draft is set to take place July 29th, 2021. Marcus and Fabian are allowed to attend workouts with NBA teams. They can pay out of their own pocket. The teams could pay for it. Just no shady dealings of other third parties paying for um, their workouts for camp for NBA teams in order to maintain and keep their college eligibility. So once again, I just hope they're, and I think they are, 99 out of 100, I believe, they're just gathering information to learn where they stand in the eyes of NBA teams. They're not, they're not good enough to be drafted. And I think they should come back to U of H. I thought the same thing about Armani Brooks and the same thing about Nate Hinton. Neither one of them got drafted. But Nate ended up with a, signing a deal, a, a two-way contract with Dallas. He hasn't played much this season, but he is on the playoff roster. Well, he's on the Mavs bench. He's not really dressed in uniform, but he's in the second round of the playoffs. Well, he could be going into the second round of the playoffs if the Mavs beat the Clippers in game six. Armani Brooks bounced around G League his first year. Plus, uh, we did not get drafted, but now he ended the season with the Rockets. He is a free agent, but word is he will spend most of this summer working out with the Rockets this offseason, working on his game, get stronger, working on his defense. Obviously, I think he needs to sign a contract before he works out with the Rockets, just in case something happens to him, he gets injured. But that's another story. But those two former Cougars, well, once a Coug, always, always a Coug, didn't get drafted, but have landed in the NBA. So the different routes to get to the NBA, the different routes to uh, get pro ball experience and pro ball money. But 353 players filed as early entry candidates for the 2021 NBA draft. Whew. Okay. NCAA men's basketball news. Thursday. And part of this, the first thing ties into women's basketball as well. Thursday, the NCAA playing rules oversight panel approved allowing the transmission of live stats to the bench area for coaching purposes in men's basketball beginning with the 2021-22 season. Conferences have experimented with live stats for the past two seasons, and they did receive positive feedback. The NCAA Men's Basketball Rules Committee supported an experimental rule for the upcoming season to allow teams to view live video and preloaded video on their bench during conference games only should the conference submit a waiver request for the experimental rule. If a conference chooses to use this experimental rule, it will be a conference decision as to the type of appropriate technology that may be used. Teams would not, would not be allowed to use the rule in non-conference games. Teams competing in the 2021 National Imitation Tournament experimented with this expanded use of technology and the rules committee received positive feedback. A tweak in the shot clock this coming season and future seasons. The panel also approved allowing shot clocks to have tenths of seconds be displayed next season. It will not be required, but schools could choose to use this optional rule. Another rule. Tweak. During its meeting last month, the Men's Basketball Rules Committee voted to recommend to the NIT board to use an experimental rule regarding foul structure during the 2022 NIT. That's after the 
at the same time as the men's final four men's tournament with the NIT, which Memphis won this past season, 2021. Players could be allowed a maximum of six fouls instead of the current five in some scenarios before being disqualified from a game. Under the experimental rule, any player called for four personal fouls in one half would be disqualified from playing the rest of the game. Example, a player who picks up four fouls in the first half would have to sit out the rest of the game. If a player has one foul in the first half, the player, the player would be disqualified after picking up four more fouls in the second half. If a player has three fouls in the first half, the player would be disqualified after being called for three fouls in the second half. The rationale behind this experiment is to offer players a chance to remain on the court if they happen to be called for two fouls in the first half. Most college coaches limit their players' time on the floor in this scenario. Committee members want to see how the change to the foul structure could impact the game. So I'm going to tell on that one. Tune into the 2022 men's NIT. Now, women's hoops. The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel approved moving the three-point line to the international distance of 22 feet, one and three-quarter inches in women's basketball, beginning with this upcoming 2021-2022 season. The NCAA Women's Basketball Rules Committee proposed the change after studying statistical trends that show the number of attempted and successful three-point field goal attempts reached all-time highs in all three division uh, NCAA divisions this past season. It changed into technology rules. The panel also approved allowing the transmission of live stats to the bench area for coaching purposes, similar to the men's uh, basketball. In the meeting last month, the Women's Basketball Rules Committee also supported an experimental rule for the upcoming season to allow teams to view live video in conference games only should a waiver request be submitted. Currently, women's basketball teams already can view preloaded video on their bench during games. It's a little bit different there than men's basketball. If a conference chooses to use this experimental rule, it will be the league's decision as to the type of appropriate technology that may be used. Teams will not be allowed to view live video in non-conference games, so that's the same as the fellas. Instant replay and coaches' challenges. The panel approved two adjustments to the replay rules in effect during the last two minutes of the game and added a third replay situation. Now, this is just for NCAA women's basketball. Officials now may use instant replay on an out-of-bounds play, regardless of the number of players involved. Previously, a review was permitted only when there was a deflection involving two players. Coaches now may challenge two additional plays that would require officials to use instant replay to review them. The first involves the result of a restricted area slash lower defensive box play block charge kind of situation. Previously, officials could use replay in the last two minutes of the game to determine the location of the players involved in the play. Now, at any time during the game, a coach may ask officials to review the play. The new replay situation permits officials to use replay to determine 
whether a basket should count when a foul is not committed on or by a player with the ball. This play may be challenged at any time during the game by the coach, but officials may use replay on their own only in the last two minutes of the game. If the review does not change the call, the team will lose a timeout. WNBA News. New York Liberty's Michaela Onyewetti was named the WNBA Rookie of the Month for May. She averaged 12.1 points per game and 3.3 rebounds per game and helped the Liberty to a 5-2 record in the month. Her head coach, Walt Hopkins, was named WNBA Coach of the Month for May. Jonquel Jones, Eastern Conference, Brianna Stewie-Stewart, Western Conference, were named the WNBA Players of the Month for May. Jonquel of the Connecticut Sun, averaged 20.3 points per game, 10.5 boards per game, and 3.3 assists per game, and helped the Sun to a 6-2 record during May. Stewie, of the reigning WNBA champ Seattle Storm, averaged 22.5 points per game, 10.3 boards per game, and 2 blocks per game, helping the Storm to a 5-1 record in May. In observance of WNBA pride, the WNBA is promoting initiatives that advocate for, support, and celebrate the LGBTQ plus community and its allies throughout the month of June and will continue throughout the year with league and team initiatives and events. The WNBA and WNBPA Play Association Social Justice Council has identified three key priorities for the justice movement. First, the league's social justice platform will focus on during the WNBA's historic 25th season. Those priorities this season are health equity, LGBTQ plus advocacy with a focus on trans rights and civic engagement. Oh, they're going to have fun with the folks here in Texas. There will be 10 nationally televised games dedicated to pride throughout the month of June across ABC, the CBS television network, ESPN and ESPN2. WNBA Pride tipped off June 1st with a double hitter featuring the Phoenix Mercury versus the Chicago Sky, Merc 1, the game, and the Seattle Storm against the Indiana Fever. Seattle won that game. The next nationally televised games dedicated to Pride will take place Saturday, June 5th with an ABC double hitter featuring the Las Vegas Aces on the road to face the Washington Mystics at noon, followed by the Chicago Skies matchup against the LA Sparks at 2 p.m. Next, the American on ESPN Plus. If you listen to my one-on-one podcast, you know quite often I discuss the the American Athletic Conference, the American, and its ESPN Plus channel and the lack of content on ESPN Plus. I contacted the American Conference this week and asked point blank whether or not the conference had plans to add original content to its ESPN Plus channel. I was told the pandemic had a direct impact and financial implications on the conference, which resulted in the brand new studio and control room, which were built in Dallas, location of the new conference office, to not be utilized. Related new staff positions were frozen. However, the hope is once the new fiscal year begins, 
the staff positions will be filled and content will be created for ESPN+. So stay tuned. I did have a follow-up response to that information comparing the American Athletic Conference ESPN Plus channel to the Big 12 ESPN Plus channel and the differences in why there's a disparity. Was that a league decision or an ESPN slash ESPN Plus decision? If I get a follow-up on that, I will add that in a future one-on-one podcast. Reminder, listen to, watch Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with host Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, and his co-hosts Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. You can catch the show on Houston Roundball Review Radio during the week from 9 to midnight for the time being. Or you can catch or you can watch this show on Facebook Watch or inside the HBCU Sports Lab on YouTube. Doc and the guys added a Thursday show to their original Tuesday lineup. Also had a Sunday, added Sunday to um, the spring lineup to discuss because of the football, a lot of the track and field sports, a lot, a lot of the events taking place in the spring. They've kind of pulled back from Sunday, won't resume Sundays until football season starts in the fall. So right now it'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays for fans and followers to keep up with their favorite HBCU teams and get a lot of great insight, content, interviews from Doc, Mike, Charles, A.D. Drew, Joe Clay, and a lot of knowledgeable men and women with HBCU sports. Tune in. My one-on-one podcast and my interview, which I'm now beginning to call Conversation Podcast, are available on podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And now I have resumed adding them to my Houston Roundball Review Radio station at roundballreviewradio.airtime.pro. I added them back to my station because I'd add new content. Do want to bore folks with old stuff. New content, including my conversations with Rice Sal's men's basketball players, Quincy Oliveri and Travis Evie, and also Cody Davis from Locked on Texans and Believe in the Rockets podcast are also on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel. More conversations are forthcoming. Trust me, one should be hopefully done later today, Friday, June 4th. And I'm going to be, do, be doing a live stream this evening, Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time with Andy Yanez, freelance writer and newly employed. We'll talk about that a little bit as well during the live stream. And also journalist Willie Gibson. The three of us, we're going to talk NBA playoffs. Live streaming is something that uh, hopefully I will continue the rest of this year, rest of the summer for sure. And then who knows how things will play out during the season. May truly resume my goal of doing some post-game shows live stream. Check that out for the future. But part of that involves support financially, looking for sponsors to get get that done. So contact me via the website. Tune in to Houston Roundball Review Radio at roundballreviewradio.airtime.pro for more audio from me, as well as additional podcasts from colleagues discussing the Rockets, the Texans, HBC Sports, and women's basketball. I'm KG. Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. 
please visit my website at HoustonRoundBallReview.com for articles and links to my podcasts and my videos. While you're at the site, please support the Houston Round Ball Review, also known as the HRR, by contributing via PayPal or you can contribute via the Cash App. My account is my name, Christopher Gardner, spelled K-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can also sign up via links on my site and get the Disney Bundle, which includes Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu. When you sign up via the links on my website, I do earn a nominal commission. You do save when you bundle all three. If you already have one of the three streaming services, you can add the other two and get the bundle. The Houston Round Ball Review has been around since 1994. Remember, the Houston Round Ball Review. Local name, national perspective. Thank you for your time. Take care.